You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 58, Mold Mitigation versus Restoration. Same thing, right? Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, we are talking about mitigation versus restoration. Is that the same thing? No. It's uh, a lot of people think when I say I'm a mold mitigation contractor, they think I'm the same thing as a restoration company. We've talked about this a little bit before. You know, my competitors on the mitigation side are typically these franchise companies that are nationwide. You see their commercials all the time. Um, but they come in and they do what I call the mop up. So when you call your insurance agent, typically insurance companies have told me that they don't get to dictate this, but we know better. They call up their mitigation or restoration company. They come in, they mop it up. They're doing that in hopes of preventing a mold issue because it does take 48 hours for the mold to start reproducing. So then that, that restoration comes company comes in they do their thing for however long and charge, I don't know, three, four grand. And then at the end of it, they go, oh, crap, we have a we have a mold issue. And so the insurance company's like, oh, okay, just give us a bid. And they, actually, they don't really do bids. They, they fill everything out on some software that we don't use for several reasons. But more or less, they, did, they get the restoration and then they get the mitigation. And then they turn around and do what we call is the rehab. Um, that's to, I, I refer to it as just putting everything back together. So mitigation is what we do. We don't come in and do mop up. So there's no conflict of interest. We come in, we mitigate it, we run air tests. And then once the air tests are acceptable, once again, not clear, there's no pass or fail to it. Once they're acceptable, we say to our clients, here you go. And then they hire a sheetrock guy or a contractor to come back in and, and put everything back together. 
And so I, I think a lot of people look at some of those other companies and, and I know because I always see on the back of their trucks or vehicles, you know, fire, water, like all, four things that they do, fire, water, right. something like that. And to the average person, they might go, well, wow, if I have a fire, I can call them. If I have a flood, I can call them. What is your opinion on people who do all of those things? Carpet cleaning, I can mm-hmm. call them. Like, what's your take on that? Well, it's like I say, and I'm not making fun of people, but, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. And it's funny because I have referred to those companies. We Everybody watches the news, or I hope most of you do. If there's a fire somewhere, when they're doing the news story, there's already one of those companies sitting there. Yeah, some of them sit. They're like ambulance chasers. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's kind of it's kind of crazy. And I I understand, you know, if we're going to have a hurricane, I totally get that these huge companies are going to have their semis and their crews staging because they know that's going to happen, and that's one thing. But when you have a fire that's you know not really planned for, and you have that restoration company already there when they're still reporting on the news. You have to kind of look at that and go, well, you know, there must be a lot of money involved or somebody's taking care of somebody. So, yeah, it's it, it's um, it's kind of funny because I'll point them out every time we see our competitors. And like you said, it'll say flood, fire, environmental, um, some, like you said, some carpet cleaning companies. And I've actually dealt with a lot of carpet cleaning companies that do mitigation and you know, and I understand mitigation is, um, if you're not one of those franchise huge companies, it is tough to get into the right lanes to be able to stay busy doing it. So from a carpet cleaning perspective, they probably think, oh, if we get a few mitigation jobs every whatever, that's okay. But at the end of the day, they're carpet cleaners. Exactly. And it's no different than when I compare a contractor to a mold mitigator. Just because you build homes every day and know all the ins and outs doesn't make you qualified to do mold mitigation because we're talking environmental stuff. Well, and on top of that, I think a lot of people will see some of those really big franchise companies that do all of those things and they go, well, they've got a commercial on TV. They have vehicles that I see on the highway with their name on it. They must be legit. What a lot of them don't know is that Anybody for a certain dollar figure could pay their money and go start a franchise. Right. That doesn't mean they've been in the business. That doesn't mean they've been in the indoor air quality business. That doesn't, they will get a few certifications and sort of minimally train the people that they hire. But anybody could open up one of those franchises with the right amount of money. Right. And, and it's funny because when I, I, I actually have some of our competitors that follow our stuff and, you know, cause, we CNC contractor services is I would imagine for the most part one of a kind. Yeah. Um, I've been in the construction industry for what twenty five years now. Um, I've been in the mold side of it, the home inspection side of it, the mold inspections. I've been in all that for over ten years. So it's it's something where I I can come to the table with my expertise and. You know, we notice we notice that there's an issue with education and awareness. Most people have no idea about mold, and when they do, they kind of maybe go, "Oh, well, yeah, 
it's either naturally present, so we're not concerned, or they heard a horror story about it and they're freaked out by it. And so that's why we we rebranded and got into more of this podcast stuff and everything so that we could educate people. But anyhow, when I deal with my competitors, what do I usually say? You just said it. Anybody can buy a exactly. franchise. Anybody. And, and it's, like you said, they do go get the certifications, but having a certification doesn't mean that you're qualified. Exactly. And we've talked about that. Um, I can't remember if it was in a Udemy course. We do so many different ways of, of education. Yeah, yeah that, that we've talked about this before. Yep. And so just be, having a certification doesn't make you qualified. And on the other hand, having 30 years experience doesn't make you qualified either. Right. So that's why I think, you know, we have that niche with CNC that, that makes us rise above the rest that we're educating. We're, we, we do the mitigation, we do the inspections, but at the end of the day, our emphasis is on our client. It's not taking care of the insurance adjuster. It's not, oh, I do business with this company all the time. We want to take care of our clients. And so that's why it's so important. Absolutely. And and speaking of which, that's why in today's episode, we want to really help educate people about the fact that mitigation is not the same thing as restoration. So what is mitigation? So like I said, mitigation, and, and I'm going to speak to what we do. And I'm not saying these other, you know, franchise companies don't do this, but the first thing we do, and we just dealt with a situation here recently where they wanted mold mitigation done, but they have tons of other issues that's causing the mold. Well, I won't go in and do that mitigation. We won't send our crews in. And, and the, the biggest reason why is because for liability concerns, and also on top of that, it's our reputation. If we go in and do a $30,000 mitigation job, and in a year from now, they have mold down there again because they had improper grading and drainage or whatever. It makes me look bad. Yeah. And so that's why the first thing I do on the mitigation side is we figure out what caused it. And most people don't want to do what you call the CSI side of it. We figure out what's causing it. We make sure that that's repaired, which nine times out of 10, we won't address that. We strictly stick to mold. And that's once again what... Our business motto is that way because we don't want any conflicts. You know, I'm not I'm not going to come in and fix what caused the problem. Then I'm going to do the mold problem. Then I'm going to come in and do the sheetrock and everything else. We do the mitigation, which is we come in, we remove the mold, we run the air test. And, of course, at this point, you know, there's numerous things we do per certification standards. But we, we follow all of that. And by the time we're done, the air testing has been completed what we have treated all has kills on it. Everything looks really nice. And then we just turn it back over to the to our client and say, here you go. Even when they ask for a contractor, what I usually tell them. We, that we, we I don't, don't really yeah, recommend no. anybody. No. I, I strictly want our business based on what we do, not if I refer somebody that's not very good. Exactly. So that's mitigation. It's the actual taking care of the mitigating the problem. Mitigating the problem. Now, what is restoration? So the restoration company, like I said, they're they're the company that usually comes in and they do the mop up. Then you know, several days later, so they're putting dehumidifiers in their fans. There's all sorts of equipment that they can use. Then if they find a mold problem, they mitigate that. Hopefully they fixed what caused it. And then after that, 
I don't know. Some of them are different. I don't know if they send their guys in to do the sheetrock and all that. I would imagine they subcontract that. But then they come in, and I usually refer to it as rehabbing, and they put the sheetrock back up, and they make it look like it did before anything happened. So that's the biggest difference. We only take care of the mold mitigation, getting rid of the mold. Not what caused it. We don't put uh, sheetrock back up. We don't reinstall toilets, none of that. But the restoration companies do that. So you, so you, then people have to understand that if they're going to call in a mold mitigation contractor, then they're going to need to call in somebody to then put the sheet right, sheetrock back up and return right. everything to its normal look. Right. And so that's where some people can kind of, you know, it's just that they're just myopic and they go, well, the restoration company gave me a bid for 30000 but the mold mitigator only gave us a bid for fifteen. Well, I'm going to go with the fifteen thousand. What they got to realize is we're not going to fix what caused it. We don't do any mop up, and we're not going to rehab it. And so, just going with that cheaper guy, yet you need to make sure that you can hire a contractor that can come in and rehab it, then compare those two costs. Because if you just go with the cheaper guy, you're going to get cheap. Exactly. So what what should somebody be looking out for when they're hiring a mitigation company versus a restoration company? So for the mitigation side, obviously, I talk about this quite often. In Wyoming, we're not regulated, not even as mitigated, even mold mitigation contractors, what we do. We're not even regulated. So make sure that they are certified and make sure that they are insured. Now, once again, we've already talked about that. Just because you're certified and you're insured doesn't mean you're qualified. See if you can get references. Talk to people that have dealt with that mold contractor before. Because I hear it all the time. Well, my, my brother, my uncle, or whoever, my cousin's a contractor, and he said he could do it for way cheaper. Well, what what's he doing? Is he Is he running air scrubbers, ozone machines? How many mold jobs does he do a year? Once again, he's probably not even certified. So make sure whoever you're going with knows what they're talking about. And the best way to know that is obviously call them. Getting on the internet, anybody can make a fancy site. Exactly. But call that contractor and ask them questions about things we talk about. So on the restoration side, just make sure, just like what we were talking about before, make sure that you know that there's a, they have a scope of work that shows everything. We're going to mop it up, we're going to do mitigation, and then we're going to put everything back together. Make sure that they're doing all that. Don't just assume that the restoration company, because they're a restoration company, is going to take care of all that. Absolutely. And don't you think that people should also, if they're clearly aware that they have to get mold mitigated and then everything has to be restored, that they have to factor in the cost of living outside of their home while that's happening? Yes, that that's a great point because... We won't, unless they pretty much sign their life away, we will not allow people to stay in their homes while we're doing mitigation. Now, obviously, there's certain circumstances where, let's say, you know, it's the entire basement we're dealing with and they can stay upstairs. But I still, they have to sign a document that says we advise them to leave the home. Mm -hmm. For a small mold job, or what I would call small, you're going to be out of your home for a week. Because the restoration... It has nothing to do with while you're gone. It's only mitigation. Exactly. So when I say a week, that's a week for just mitigation. And here's why. Most people will be like, wow, why so long? Obviously, you have the 
hours involved for mitigating. Once you're done with mitigation, you have to wait several days to run air tests. Well, the way we treat stuff and what we do, you can't just go in and do everything in a day, exactly. if that makes sense. Because, yeah. you know, we're, we're spraying chemicals. We have to let those chemicals dry on the, uh, the wood components. Then we, we paint it with keels. So there's time frames that we have to stick to. <clears throat> so we, you know, say a couple days after the mitigation's done, we come in, we run air tests. In the meantime, we're leaving air scrubbers in there. We run those air tests, and then we have to send them off to a lab. So by the time you're all said and done, a week's pretty tight time frame just for mitigation. So yeah, it's um you know, hopefully people would have family in town or close they can go stay with, but a, I'd imagine a decent hotel for a week or ten days is not real cheap. Exactly. So you have to plan for that. Yep. Yeah. And and check and see. You know, a lot of times the insurance companies will cover that, but but keep that in mind too. And I know we've talked about it before. If you're gonna have mitigation done, if the mold mitigation company says you can stay there, I would question that. I would make sure that they have the proper precautions in place and containments that you're not at risk. But on the other hand, don't be shocked when the contractor's like me and says, hey, you're going to have to go stay in a hotel for about a week. Exactly. So, so just, just be prepared. Now, how can people get a better understanding of just the mold epidemic in general, so that when they're looking at mitigation versus restoration, they're informed. So my first book that I wrote, uh, it's been a couple of years now, is The Mold Epidemic. And it, it, it more or less, you know, explains to you, you know, why we believe it's an epidemic. We go through all, you know, the steps that you would have to take for mitigation. So The Mold Epidemic's a good kind of all-around type of book um, to purchase, but all... All of our books talk pretty extensively about mold and what to expect if you have to have mitigation. So don't think that you only need the mold epidemic. All of our books are very informative. And if you get them on Audible, they're very inexpensive. Even paperback, I think they're, what, $14.95, yeah, $12.95. Really but wealth of information. Yep. And like I said, each book kind of jumps to something specific. But the mold epidemic really goes over why we believe it's an em epidemic, what to expect, you know, the health concerns associated with it. Yes. So definitely educate yourself before you seek out mitigation or restoration. Right. And, and also consultation, you know, that uh, $300, I believe, is what it is, could maybe save you thousands of dollars. And it, that could be whether it's your health or getting the wrong contractor. So don't exactly. don't always just think, well, I trust this guy. You know, having a, having a third party like us, second opinion, that's always a good idea. Absolutely. Well, you heard it there. We will definitely uh, catch you guys in the next episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.